Welcome to the Hagen's Alley podcast. Haven't recorded one of these in a little bit, and today have a couple special guests. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. I am Adam, the programmer for Second Dimension and the one of the creators of The Curse of Ilmore Bay. And I am Javier, uh, you can call me Hav, and I am the pixel artist on the uh, Cards of Ilmore Bay project, working with Adam. Awesome. And so, basically, those that are watching this on YouTube can see the awesome pixel art uh, for The Curse of Ilmore Bay. Uh, basically, it's a brand new Sega Genesis game. Uh, currently on Kickstarter, doing really well. Um, I think you guys just got the projects we love uh, on it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that just happened uh, about 20 minutes ago. 20 minutes ago? Wow, I'm really on it right now. It's awesome. <laughs> so go ahead um, and we'll start with you, Adam. Uh, what was the idea behind the curse of Ilmore Bay and kind of what is the, everything behind it? Like a little bit of uh, give me your, you know, give me your pitch on the curse of Ilmore Bay. <laughs> um, oh boy, put me right on the spot there. Uh, so <laughs> the town of Ilmore, Ilmore Bay, um, a little port on town in the middle of nowhere. It's uh, the target of the evil spirit to curse it, to, you know, bring forth its horde of minions of Halloween-esque creatures to take over the world. And upon doing so, the curse takes the, the guardians of Elmore Bay, their statues, um, and brings them to life to try to stop them from that happening. Man, sounds... um. Sounds like a, a horror-style game, obviously, because of the curse and all the different enemies. Um, now, is this is just traditional platforming, right? Yeah. Um, there, there, There's power-ups and everything. Um, Hav, you want to take over on that one? I, I, ju I just wanted to, to say that, yeah, it's like a cartoon horror-themed uh, game. Um, we, we're trying to emulate... Uh, our uh, 90s nostalgia and um, we wanted to, to create like a game based on a cartoon that never existed. I mean, that so, actually makes yeah, a lot of sense because just from looking at the, you know, the, the videos and the artwork, it looks like a 90s Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah, th that's exactly what, uh, what we had in mind when we started the project. And where I wanted to go with the the art style of the of the game, um, yeah, uh, shows like uh, the the Tales from the Crypt Keeper animated series and uh, Dark Tales, and the Mighty Max cartoons, uh, all all those uh, not so popular '90s uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Even maybe a little bit of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes on there. Ah, uh, there's a lot of that in there. <laughs> Some classics, though. But, I mean, you can definitely see the horror aesthetic, and you're going to have your, you know, it's Halloween time uh, enemies and everything, so that's actually yeah. super cool. Um, 
do you have a, a certain like gimmick to the game or a, a little aspect with with said power ups? Like, well, how how is that going to work, and how is it different than the demo that's currently available? So there's, I think, a total of six power ups we've come up with, um, and, and a couple of variations. So that way, each character has something unique about them as well, and they're not just a reskin of the same character. Um, and your power-ups are going to be powered by this amulet, and as you defeat the the bosses, you're going to gain a new um, medallion-type piece for for the amulet, which is going to give you a new... That's very uh, Mega Man-like uh, inspiration right there, uh, uh, defeating a boss and, and getting a power. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's where our Mega Man influences are, are showing right there for sure. Um, and then... They each each power up just adds a different element. Like you have the um, the bat wings, which allows you to float a little further. Uh, you have a double jump ability. You have a dash ability. Uh, you have almost a summon type ability, which does some cool things, and uh, it, it'll make the game more interesting and, and, and um, allow different level styles to be created to utilize those power ups. Is it going to be kind of a, a linear style progression where you play the game, fight a boss level one, get a new ability, which is incorporated into level two? Or is it going to be one of those where you can kind of go back to earlier levels and find things that you haven't previously had access to without that power up? A little bit of both. Hmm. That's interesting, and so that means that there's that you have to like design some complex different levels if you're able to actually traverse back a little bit. Yes, exactly. So the the thought there is we're going to create levels that you can pass with abilities that you currently have, and then we're going to have aspects of things to unlock certain er- areas of the levels as you gain more abilities. I do like um, the character on a stick aspect to games like that. I wanted to say that uh, that that's why we already have all the powers uh, uh, working in, on, the, on on our game, although they are not on the prototype on on the demo. They are working because uh, that way it's easier to to put the levels together, um, knowing what our characters can do and, and can't. Yeah, I mean that 100% makes sense to while you're developing being able to, you know, get to each spot that you need to and then you kind of close off certain spots in the level so that way you can lead the player to progress naturally through each level. Exactly. Makes sense, makes sense. Um are you just going to be strictly staying to Sega Genesis because I do know that you know it's the Genesis is a little more universal to program for than say the NES or the or some of the other systems like or Super Nintendo or something like that. Are or are you going to plan on throwing this over to Steam or possibly modern consoles in the future? Um, if, if it does well, and there's a potential will definitely shoot for modern consoles like Xbox Live or PSN. Um, uh, but in terms of like um, for Steam or whatever, we are going to be doing a PC version for sure. Nice. Because yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that if things catch on, as you already are getting traction, especially if Kickstarter is saying that it's part of the projects they love, um, it's going to start building a little bit of little bit of momentum. And I mean, who knows? Because 
I know that Steam is kind of like a um, and and Windows is kind of like a a, de- a dead hole for indie games, but you already have the Kickstarter behind it, and it's already successful. So you know it's only it can only go up, and as long as it keeps interest, I mean, heck, y'all could have a really really strong game on modern consoles. Oh, for sure, and we're definitely not opposed to that at all. Uh, we're trying to create a whole IP, you know. Uh, I mean, like like the story and the graphics, the, the the style. We don't want to make just another game. It we're trying to create something special that people can like. Uh, follow and, and you know uh, make it grow from from what we have here yeah it's kind of cool uh especially with the story behind everything that i mean i think where you're going is like you kind of want to fra- make a franchise out of it where it can build and become something bigger than just a simple one-off game right uh e- even for the sega genesis uh we, we want it to be something special that we, we can uh, build on, on top of it uh, of course absolutely and of course, I prefer playing it on, like the Sega Genesis and on the retro consoles because, I mean, I'm just a old school '90s gamer. I, that's my favorite part of it. And of course, Ooh, I so, I'm, so are we. Yeah. Well, so I mean, we. if if you don't know, I mean, Adam and I go back almost ten years now. I know what Adam. That explains it. Lots of drunken yeah, beer okay, pong nights. Nice. Oh goodness! <laughs> oh yeah, th- th- those uh, stories are for are for after the the, the podcast. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's the thing though. Is it like um, being able to play the Sega Genesis? I assume you all are testing it on the multitude of all the different ways you can play the Sega. Um, I do know that one of the newer homebrew games that came out for the the Genesis, uh, one of the newer aftermarket games. I don't really like the term homebrew too much anymore, like aftermarket. Um, But it it wasn't compatible with the Sega Nomad, which was interesting. And I wasn't tracking that there were certain games that are aftermarket that were not available for the Sega Nomad. Have you all tested yours on a Sega Nomad Um, before? Yeah, uh, Adam has a Sega Nomad, and the game works fine on, on that console. Uh, we have a, a fan that uh, has a Nomad as well, and he keeps uh, sending me some pictures and videos of the game, of the demo on the, on the Nomad. Perfect. Uh, on the other hand, I have uh, like uh, four or six uh, Sega Genesis, d- different Sega Genesis consoles uh, in my house. Uh, they all plugged in, and I use them to, to try the, the demo. Perfect, yeah, because uh, I know that like... The EverDrive works on on my Sega Nomad, and that's not been an issue. So it just must be the board that is used. And I know Adam is the is the hardware guru of Second Dimension. So I'm a I would I would go, go as far to say that if you're using a Second Dimension board, you probably won't have the issues um, at all. But yeah, it was it was interesting that one of the newer games that I got wasn't working with my Nomad, because I have a modded Sega Nomad that I use, and I'm, as Adam knows, I'm working on the complete Sega Genesis book, so. <laughs> <laughs> that you are. I've been working out for two years. It's, <laughs> oh, it's going to take me probably two more, the rate I'm going. <laughs> with all the new games coming out, yeah, you're going to have a whole book dedicated just to that. 
Well, I've had to make the decision that I'm probably going to have to make a, a separate aftermarket book for the Genesis because the Genesis aftermarket scene is larger than the NES's and it's just insane. Uh, I, I want to limit my books to smaller than 500 pages and I think doing Genesis, Mega Drive, PAL exclusives... And everything else, I mean, if we're going over to South America, too, there's some unique releases down there. Uh, unreleased games, uh, the the Mega um, Arcade, anything collectible. I mean, it's already insane. If you add Homebrew to the mix and it's as big as the NES's, it would just add another 500 pages. So we may have, uh, you know, Genesis Oddities. <laughs> but... <laughs> Man, my NES Oddities book was extremely popular. So, I mean, the thing is, though, is that there are, I want to say, a good like half dozen Genesis aftermarket games out there right now that are in development that are just look excellent. Like the the bars be get, getting raised for the system. Oh yeah, it it really has the last uh, year or two. A lot of homebrew games that have been going under development have just shot up in quality so much. It's kind of intimidating, to be perfectly honest. Well, and that's where I think bringing in people like uh, Javier is instrumental in helping you stand out because I know from from my side, if I was going to make a game, my art would look like that of a kindergartner. Um, and, and having like a pro artist go in with, with his unique aspects and, and even contributing to things such as level design and having an artistic layout to certain things is gonna, I mean, that's what's having the curse of Ilmore Bay just stick out and, and be out there. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, if you left the artwork to me, um, and that's been done in the past, that's why you have Hangman SG, um, uh, we, we learned very fast. I am not good at that aspect of game development. So people like Hav are absolutely instrumental. And it's even more instrumental that they're allowed to run with the creativity. Well, exactly. And, I mean, the thing is, is that even the, like, some of the enemies that are created in Curse of Elmore Bay, like, it looks like the old school Ghostbusters cartoon. Or uh, there, that's another influence right there. <laughs> I, I research a lot of cartoons, and I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. And, and uh, I went like one of the our first uh, one of the first uh, Google search that I made uh, while looking for inspiration was the Ghostbusters cartoon. No, no doubt. That's awesome. I could absolutely see Mighty Max in there too. And I mean, the key is though is that like if you have this kind of artwork that's going on combined with having the ability to have like solid gameplay and some fun unique power-ups like this is going to be like one of the best genesis games out there especially i mean aftermarket but it's going to compete with some of the the actual licensed games out there too well uh, yeah that's uh, i think that that's what we're aiming at yeah i mean to to me I would say the biggest comparison you could draw right now would be something like Decapitac or Kid Chameleon. Oh, yeah, there, there's something of those in there. 
Uh, also, uh, some fan uh, pointing pointed out the the Page Master game that I I didn't know that game, but it it has some kind of similarity right there. Oh yeah, Page Masters definitely a you know excellent game based off of a you know nineties cartoon Macaulay Culkin. Um, uh, yeah, and you know blonde haired kid with glasses. <laughs> So, I mean, that makes sense. But the thing is, though, is that it's only hearkening to similarities, which is good. It's good to draw comparisons to classic games because it's going to help people live their nostalgia through your brand new IP. Well, right. We, we definitely want to hit that familiar sense for with, with gamers that are like, hey, you know, this game reminds me of this. And it's going to make them enjoy a, just a little more, we think, you know? exactly and you know the the best thing is is i guarantee you're gonna get people who are like yeah i played this back in the 90s this is great <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool <laughs> i mean i've been i've talked to homebrew developers in the past and like nes ones and they're like yeah i remember playing this and it's like dude this was released last year <laughs> that's so funny it's so cool though. i love that kind of stuff because that just means that you are hitting the nostalgia right on the head like you're doing it perfectly when you can sit there and like connect with somebody on such a unconscious level that they feel like that they've played this yeah that's a pretty pretty impressive feat and i think like i mean I haven't uh, even fired up the the demo yet because uh, I was talking with Adam before um, before we recorded. And I just got my new computer, so I don't even have a Genesis emulator on my new computer. Um, but I'm gonna fire it up and and check it out and add some uh, some footage here behind the interview uh, once so people on YouTube will be able to see it. Audio only, y'all can check it out on kickstarter.com. Just basically if you type in curse genesis, you're going to find it up on uh on Kickstarter and then I'll post a link too. <laughs> awesome. And, and one other thing that's really important that we haven't even discussed yet is the music and the sound effects, which Sebastian has done an amazing job so far with both. That's awesome. I mean, you got to have the the classic horror style creepy creepy stuff oh he 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 hits the themes really well and and he he just hits that that 16-bit sound perfectly (laughs) it's amazing also he he had a like a a hard task because um i'm a huge uh fan of the 90s ska music and adam is kind of a metalhead and then we told sebastian yeah you need to make some ska metal uh themes and actually he pulled it off and it's amazing that's awesome. I mean, the thing is, if he can start applying other genres to the music and then still utilize the Genesis sound chip to give it that grittiness without coming off tinny, that's like, that's a feat right there. And the, the guy's a great musician and, and he knows uh, very well the, how, how to work with um, uh, Sega Genesis music. Well, exactly. And that's like key is knowing how to. You, you know, bring the best out of a, a, a certain console. Um, so, so I noticed on your Kickstarter that apparently somebody backed the ability to become the third playable character. Yes. And, and, and you know what? It went so quick, it blew my mind. So the uh, question like is, the first, uh, half an hour. what does the person look like? So what kind of character are we going to get as the third one? Oh, uh, we don't know yet. Oh man, they got to post in the comments. But like, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna be um, 
Jason Voorhees in the game. <laughs> I, I wear a, I wear a hockey mask. <laughs> He's a protector, <laughs> killing everyone. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah, that we, nobody uh, we, has back to become a boss yet. Hey, I mean, there's always time for you to become a boss, Jeff. Oh, I'm I am like a boss all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we promise to give you some very cool power, uh, and and we promise to to make you a hard to beat boss. <laughs> I've uh, I've already had my own video game, so I'm <laughs> quite fucked. Okay, Jeffrey Whitney's <laughs> Black Box Challenge has has made the rounds far enough. <laughs> um, I definitely got the complete in box though, for sure. That I backed on on the Kickstarter. I always gotta support as much as I can. I love playing new stuff. <laughs> and it's very much appreciated. Oh, yeah. I mean, because the thing is, is that, like, if I enjoy things and I'm not supporting it, then I'm like, man, why aren't there new games out there? Like, that's kind of, you know, contradictory to the whole indie homebrew scenes. Like, I know a lot of people, and I'm friends with a lot of people, yourself included, that just, like, we all do stuff, but if we don't support each other's products and projects and things, like, it's never gonna get off the ground and i've myself like have a whole publishing company established through just you know people and their awesome support and it's like i just i try to pay it forward as much as i possibly can and this game right here is like a, a perfect example of like aftermarket genesis games done right Oh, thanks. And, and thanks also to all the people that backed the project. We have uh, 143 backers so far, and that's amazing. Uh, we Tomorrow, it will be one week since we launched, and we already have all these people helping us. It's, it's amazing. That's the crazy thing. You've only been out there for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I, I was so like shocked when I woke up the, on Saturday, and I was like, wow, we are funded. Like it, <laughs> I, like I went to bed, I was like, "Wow, we're really close," and and I figured, you know, it was gonna put her. Like I was shocked that we even got as far as we did on, on the first day, and I was like, "Wow, yeah." I actually, I stayed awake on on, on Friday waiting for the last backer to to appear, and then and then I went to sleep like a big smile on my face. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is that it all depends on the the ambiance, and I think hitting you know, the expected. So, I mean, if I launch, like, a niche thing, um, for example, I don't know, maybe, oh, my Nintendo Compendium or something, Compendium of Personal Stories, versus the complete NES where it has every Nintendo game, the complete NES is going to do much better. So I think if if you would have went somewhere, because I, I know Adam's, uh, as, you know, with Second Dimension, has launched other games, and this game is is smashing it. You know, like, like, like crushing the other projects, and I mean, Family Peacross did did pretty well, I would say, though. Um, but it did well, it did well for sure. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I, but I'm saying, like, this one has only been a week. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I was, I honestly wasn't expecting it to get funded until like the last couple of days, and because as Genesis, Genesis is usually a harder sell than than the Nintendo. And this just, I, I'm just so grateful for all our backers and fans. And it's, it's amazing. 
Well, and, and to me, it's like you hit the genre that everybody loves, platformers. You have the art style. So, I mean, the artist definitely has a lot to do with it. Your, your artwork. Oh, for sure. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Stop with you. And I mean, and you're also able to deal with Adam, which is a feat in itself. So that's, <laughs> that's entirely true. Uh, I, I love working with that guy. He's, he's like a great programmer. And to be honest, I, I can do art, but I, I can't write like a single code line. So we're, we make a great team. Well, and, and then the other thing is, is that like, I don't know how many backers or people can see it from the, the Kickstarter, but Adam has a track record of releasing things, which is a big deal in the community. Like, they don't have to... It's not going to be a, we're waiting 27 years to get a brand new game. It's like, he knows how to do the physical release part. So, we you already know that you're going to get high-quality, you know, a high quality physical product on top of the game, which is a good thing. Yeah, I definitely think that that helps too. Knowing that I do all the the manufacturing in house, and you know everything comes through my hands, and people know that I'm responsive. So if anybody has an issue or or question, that I just shoot back whatever they need, and their stuff gets out. And I, I think that really did help too. Yeah, I, I think it's real interesting with the um, the companies out there that are quote unquote too busy to reach out or reply to people or and I mean companies, creators, content creators, everybody that's like too busy because to me it's like I'll make the time. It's oh yeah, definitely. I I, I try to make the time for for everybody. Unfortunately, sometimes things slip us up through the cracks or you know. Um, but I, I try to always respond. Yeah. I mean, you can't be everywhere at all times. And, and, you know, we all do have other things going on besides for just responding online. But on the other side, like you make the attempt, which is the big part. That's the best part. Yeah. So to, to me, though, it's it's really interesting that, you know, you're able to take a, a tried and true thing that you've been doing, which is new game development and publishing of new games and you're able to apply now with a with a small team and i see this being your kind of evolution of second dimension to kind of more parallel because in the past i know you've been developing things as you said you know with hangman sg uh doing everything yourself (laughs) And and now you're taking the approach of other type of similar aftermarket developers. Um, you know, you're talking your retrotainments, your Mega Cat Studios, and the ones that have their small teams of you know talented people that all come together. And now you're going to see that you know you have your your art guy here now that's going to, and you're going to take your programming prowess on the background of that. And it's gonna knock it out of the park. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, man, we're we're, we're coming out swinging. Like th- this is just the beginning. This is I I would almost consider this then you know the 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 first like true release of Second Dimension for like an original IP. This is gonna be super cool. Yeah, yeah, it really is. 
Yeah, so uh, is there anything else you'd like to, to put out to people that are listening to the interview? I'm trying to keep this one a little shorter, a little shorter side for y'all. Uh, I mean, I have nothing else to really add at the in the moment for uh, the game, but I do want to thank all of our backers and supporters and fans. What is the coolest uh, stretch goal that y'all are looking forward to? Uh, you, you know, I think I'm looking forward to putting in a two-player mode. Yeah. Yeah, having and a... I want to reach the, I want to reach the, the extra levels. I, I want to add more graphics and more enemies and, and more boss fights. I want to get there. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that um, you should be going toward at least the two-player mode. Like, two-player mode looks like it's going to be a, a no issue. I mean, the boss rush mode, to me, is going to be super cool. Um, I think that's going to be really fun. Uh it would be cool if it could be cooperative, but that would be impossible. <laughs> I mean, I would like to, but I mean, I've never, this is my first platforming game I've really ever made. Yeah. And I mean, Handy Harvey was a co-op two player, but that's a one screen at a time thing for mechanics. Yeah, it would be and, a little bit of a, a challenge for sure. Like maybe if somebody hits, if it maybe that could be a future one if it's really ridiculous. But um, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like to to test two player mode, I'd have to have somebody at my disposal at all times to be able to test it out to make sure you know it, it would be a very difficult thing at the moment. But maybe in maybe in the future. <laughs> Stop burning them bridges with friends, Adam. You can get. <laughs> <laughs> get some more people to test. <laughs> um, I think having an eighth and a seventh and eighth level would be amazing too. Just the creativity you could do behind some new atmosphere and things would be awesome. Uh, uh, besides that, we, we already have some ideas for those extra levels, and if we get there, um, the game is going to be uh, be way better and and more fun with those extra um, stages and, and bosses. That's awesome. I hopefully it hits it. Um, well, thanks for coming on the uh, the interview here on the Hagen's Alley podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us, sir. Yeah, absolutely. And make sure, everybody, that you check out The Curse of Ilmore Bay. Uh, it's over on Kickstarter. I'll have a link in the description of the episode, whether it be on YouTube or iTunes. Y'all can check it out. And thank you for listening.